Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and today we have a special emergency episode of Life with GDPR. For those who were not aware of one of the most incredible set of facts I have ever seen, apparently a company who is in litigation with Facebook had a corporate representative in London the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, this corporate representative had documents from Facebook obtained through discovery, which are unrelated to the litigation, but were desired by the UK Parliament, Parliamentary Committee of the Digital, Cultural, Media and Sports Select Committee, or DCMS. The chairman of this committee sent the parliamentary sergeant-at-arms to obtain these documents from uh, this third party. Those documents were obtained, and these documents are now going to be utilized allegedly tomorrow in a parliamentary hearing where Facebook is going to be questioned about its activities in the United Kingdom. It is certainly one of the strangest fact patterns that I've ever seen or come across, Uh, And if you're in the FCPA world or other compliance world, you know you see some pretty strange fact patterns. It also led me to uh, contacting Jonathan Armstrong to see if we could do an emergency podcast as this matter uh, came to the public press today in the United Kingdom and in the uh, United States. So with our first emergency podcast on Life with GDPR, The Facebook Files. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, and I am here with our first emergency podcast on Life with GDPR. As always, joined by Jonathan Armstrong from Quarterly in London. Jonathan, welcome. Thanks very much, Tom. So, Jonathan, I woke up this morning, and when perusing my FT, the Financial Times, on the front page of Section 2, was an article entitled UK Lawmakers Way Application of Facebook, excuse me, UK Lawmakers Way Publication of Facebook Files Seized from App Boss. And when I read the story, Jonathan, I have to say I found it difficult to believe it, it was not a script for a movie treatment, but in the FT. Uh, this has to be one of the strangest stories. Uh, I have read in a long time, at least in the newspaper, and you have to realize I live in America with Donald Trump's in the newspaper every day. So uh, you want to just tell the audience what the heck is going on here? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And I agree. It's a truly strange story. And I think it does show us the interest in GDPR and in data and the fact that oftentimes um, – regulatory interventions or political interventions are coming from the very strangest of places. So I should just give one uh, general disclaimer to start off with. Um, these things are obviously fast emerging and uh, and these are very novel procedures. And I should also um, be honest with our audiences as ever from the start. So one of the key figures in this is... Um, Richard Allen, uh, Baron Allen of Hallam. He's on the Facebook side of this. And uh, Richard was kind enough to be one of the people who wrote the foreword to my book back in 2004. So I say that uh, in the interest of full full disclosure. Um, but, but this is a very, very interesting and unusual procedure. What happened is 
an executive in a US corporation, we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute, was visiting the UK, it seems. He's from an organization called 643, and 643 have been in litigation with Facebook, and uh, they were effectively, uh, Facebook um, blocked um, some use of Facebook by 643 after there were issues with something called the Pekinis app, which allowed people to um, select different girls, I believe. I've not used the app in, uh, in, in bikinis and rate them. So similar to the original version of Facebook, if you like, but something that Facebook doesn't uh, now like, it seems. And what happened is that an executive of this organization was in London and somehow, we don't yet know, a parliamentary committee, which is the uh, Digital Cultural Media and Sport Committee, a committee that's been very active in looking at data protection rights in the past, found out that some documents might be with that executive and they sent the sergeant at arms which is a uh, an official of the houses of parliament around to this guy's hotel room and invited him to hand over the documents and and, and when he said he seemingly wasn't willing to do that initially um uh, the sergeant at arms uh, asked the uh, individual concerned to accompany him back to the Houses of Parliament. Now, Parliament does have the power to uh, order people to hand over documents. Uh, it also has the power to hold people in contempt of Parliament. And that could lead to an arrest. It could lead to fines and imprisonment. So what seems to be the position at the moment is that um, he's called Kamal El-Jihad, the uh, current um, sergeant-at-arms, he seems to have been given the documents or taken the documents, and they're currently with this committee. We, we call them the DCMS committee. And the DCMS committee, uh, again, you couldn't make this up, have an unusual hearing tomorrow with um, uh, it's almost a joint committee of a number of different um, parliamentarians. Um, and again, this is a very unusual procedure. They're calling it the International Grand Committee. And DCMS has put together this committee, which will question Richard Allen from Facebook. They had invited Mark Zuckerberg, but he said he was washing his hair or something. Um, so Richard Allen is there instead of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. They have the former Prime Minister of St. Kitts and Nevis, the UK Information Commissioner, and a technology activist called Paul-Olivier Dehay, who's a long-standing critic of Facebook. And this grand inquisition, if you like, will include... Uh, parliamentarians from Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Latvia, and Singapore, who will sit as a, as I say, as a, as a grand commission, 
and and look at the role of Facebook in particular in fake news and in influencing elections. And we've already had this sort of uh, spat, if you like, on line between Damian Collins, a, a conservative MP who chairs this DCMS committee, and uh, Richard Allen. Um, Richard's been emailing uh, Damian Collins, and Damian Collins has been publishing those replies each time on uh, Twitter with his comments. So it's going to be an unprecedented hearing with unprecedented access to documents. But one of the things I think it does tell us, as I said, is this real in interest in data protection. The Information Commissioner believes that uh, a number of breaches of the old data protection law have taken place uh, uh, with Facebook and some of those involved. And, uh, and she has levied the maximum fine under the old law against Facebook, which they are currently appealing. As we've talked about before, there have also been all sorts of other um, uh, ramifications, including the first GDPR stop processing notice against a Canadian entity involved in this. Uh, but to be clear, this is an action by the UK government. It is an action by the UK regulators, as quite a lot of people are saying on social media. This isn't that at all. This is action by Parliament, and in particular, this uh, DCMS committee, to seize documents for its own inquiry. So let me stop you there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I did not realize that there was a sex angle to this uh, scandal, so that makes it even more British. Uh, but that aside, so let me just see if I can understand this. We have a U.S. businessman uh, travels to London the week of Thanksgiving, the second most important holiday in the United States, and he just happens to have confidential documents that he obtained apparently legally from Facebook through discovery in ancillary litigation completely unrelated uh, to what Parliament's looking at. Somehow, Parliament, representatives in Parliament, MPs or other, find out that this U.S. businessman traveling during uh, the Thanksgiving week to London for business is in London, and they send the sergeant-at-arms of Parliament over to uh, collect these documents, which are apparently under seal in some sort of U.S. court. Uh, mm -hmm. The U.S. Uh, businessman, who is identified as Ted Kramer, then goes to Parliament and actually presents the documents in this unrelated litigation that he just happens to be carrying to London the week of Thanksgiving. Um, and now um, Facebook is claiming somehow that these documents cannot be released because they're under seal in a California court, which uh, I have to say, unbeknownst to me, has jurisdiction over the English parliament in England. <laughs> um, have I missed something here? Uh, I, I think not. I mean, I, d I don't know that the U.S. court knows specifically that these documents have been uh, taken yet by the U.K. Parliament. I mean, it, it, well, it the is. FT knows. So yes. I assume the court knows. You, you would think so. And I suspect, I mean, we're recording this on Monday. I suspect by Tuesday, some of this might become clearer. 
Richard Allen's due to give evidence to this committee uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. I mean, it, it is peculiar. The app itself, apparently, according to Facebook, has only been downloaded about four and a half thousand times. So this doesn't seem to be, um, you know, a huge piece of litigation, nor do 643 seem to have been a huge player. So there are significant questions to be asked. Uh, It's fair to say that the chair of the DCMS committee says that, uh, seemed to be saying last night uh, that his legal advice is different to the legal advice that that Facebook uh, seemed to have presented uh, to the committee. So I don't yet know the circumstances of that disclosure and whether they was under seal, et cetera, et cetera. There's obviously some element of dispute there. But we've seen since the dawn of time, or at least since the dawn of the internet, that there have been conflicts between US court orders and 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 Europe's interpretation of laws relating to the internet. You know, we've had the case on um, on Nazi memorabilia in France, for example, involving Yahoo, which I would have thought would be around about 2001, 2002, where a US court, uh, I think, effectively tried to nullify an order of a French court. That didn't end particularly well. Um, we've had that more recently with the uh, with the YouTube cases in, in Italy. So there is a history of US courts trying to fetter the operation of European courts. Um, obviously, that isn't the same here because there's no court involved yet in Europe. And I don't think there's a court order yet in the US telling the UK parliament to return the documents. I'm not sure they would even do that if they were asked to. So here's another thing that I'm not sure I would say troubled me, but I certainly found interesting, Jonathan. Uh, You did mention that Facebook has been fined by the UK data protection uh, regulator based upon the old pre-GDPR law. And I would have assumed that during that investigation slash enforcement process, Facebook would have turned over documents uh, or that the regulator would have asked for documents and they would have been turned over. Uh, It so... Is it possible that these documents which were seized by Parliament had not been previously provided to UK regulators or made available to any representatives of the UK government? I think that is possible. And, of course, to add extra spice to it, uh, as I've said, Richard Allen is giving evidence to this super committee this week. uh, And uh, as is Elizabeth Denham, the UK Information Commissioner. So... They're likely to both be in the same room when the documents are being are being discussed. So, again, I, I suspect that if I was Elizabeth Denham, I'd be quite interested to see the documents. Facebook, I think, are trying to put um, some conditions on how the documents can be used. My understanding, and this is a rapidly evolving situation, my understanding is that the UK Parliament are currently saying that they will decide themselves whether to publish the documents or not. They're saying that their track record is that they generally publish documents. 
and they're saying that they intend to do it in this case. There is something of a precedent here because this same committee, the DCMS committee, uh, did a long-running investigation into phone hacking and the activities of Rupert Murdoch and his various organisations. And it was this committee that put a lot of that documentation into the public domain. So they do have a track record of getting hold of documents and making them public as part of their inquiries. So, Jonathan, you mentioned uh, not only the Facebook enforcement action, but that Facebook is appealing that fine. Uh, certainly last week in the United States, Facebook took a incredible pounding in the press and in uh, the markets with its stock price when it turned out that uh, uh, Facebook had engaged in opposition research against its critics and uh, tried to uh, smear George Sor- Soros for reasons that are still not clear, then lied about it when the, uh, or denied it rather, when the New York Times reported it. And then uh, last week that in a complete mea culpa said that not only had they done it, it had been authorized and that information uh, made it up to Sheryl Sandberg. So uh, quite a black eye for Facebook along those lines. Uh, And now Facebook is trying to deny the UK parliament access uh, to documents. I can it get any worse for Facebook? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure whether they're trying to deny access to the documents or whether they're trying to resist their uh, use by the committee. And I know they might sound like the same thing, but my suspicion is, and, and this is uh, guesswork at this stage, that what they're really trying to do is prevent these documents receiving a wider audience. And I imagine that Facebook will be trying to say that they were justified in uh, in restricting uh, access to this um, somewhat creepy sounding uh, website. And they did it in part because the UK Parliament had told them to be more proactive in policing its site. And now they're between the devil and the deep blue sea. Uh, As far as the appeal is concerned, then all we know is that the appeal was lodged on the 21st of November 2018. Um, We know, uh, because I can see it, I'm looking at it now, that it's in the list of forthcoming cases. But we don't have any details of any hearing or whether there will be a hearing against the the UK uh, Information Commissioner's initial Fine. Uh, Again, I'd stress this is a pre-GDPR case, but the ICO investigation is still ongoing. The last I heard, there were some 60 investigators involved in this case from the UK Information Commissioner's Office uh, alone. That's 40 permanent staff and 20 people brought in on a contract basis for this investigation. So it's a large investigation, and, uh, and obviously it shows that GDPR has teeth and will be enforced. So, Jonathan, I uh, fancy myself somewhat of a uh, a fan of English history, and particularly English uh, political uh, and legal history. And the parliamentary privilege has existed in England since, I believe, Magna Carta. Uh, We have a um, congressional privilege here in the United States that draws largely upon that British tradition 
And it seems to me to be uh, an extraordinary or even extraordinary set of circumstances which would prevent uh, English Parliament from exercising uh, this privilege. I think you're right. And I think that more other people assert that this privilege is in some way limited, the more Parliament will unite uh, to you know, to, to make sure it exists and it and it is protected. And you're right. I mean, Parliament have, since Magna Carta, have extraordinary powers. It was Parliament, of course, that started proceedings against Charles I that ultimately led to his execution. His trial was held on the premises of Parliament, albeit with a specially convened high court actually deciding his fate. But Parliament does have, you know, extraordinary and wide powers. And, and my suspicion is that they'll do all they can to protect them. Uh, and I guess probably the penultimate question is, did uh, Theresa May concoct this entire scenario <laughs> just so uh, Brexit would move off of the jump page of the Financial Times for one day? <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a very cynical view. Uh, I, I guess from a purely personal point of view, you'd like to think the government had the political nous to organise that, but uh, but my suspicion is they don't. And I think in any event, uh, as I've said, it's been unhelpful. I think uh, in in the last day or so, that people have been speculating that this is a UK government activity. I don't think it is. I think this is the these parliamentary committees are independent. They've regularly exercised independence, you know, even against the interests of the government. And I think they're exercising their independence here. Well, Jonathan, uh, we may have to dip in with you uh, after tomorrow's hearings. I'm not sure they'll be televised live in uh, the United States, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch uh, some of the flavor of it and uh, give us your thoughts uh, after that. Yeah, and, um, and and on that note, Damien Lewis, uh, sorry, Damien Collins, the um, the the uh, chair of the committee, is still saying that he's going to arrange for a live web stream. So I'll tweet that link uh, on my Twitter account if people are interested in that. Well, send me that link and I'll uh, put it in today's show notes. Fabulous. All right, Jonathan, as always, thank you. And uh, like I said, you just can't make this kind of stuff up. No. Happy days. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. We have linked in the show notes to the live feed of the parliamentary hearing. So if you're so inclined tomorrow, uh, you can check this out. If you're a fan of UK uh, history, uh, you certainly will be interested in how Parliament treats this, particularly their right around the parliamentary privilege. And then certainly from the UK legal perspective, as whether Facebook will continue to step in it as they have over the past 10 days or so here in the United States. Well, it only remains to be seen. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This special emergency episode of Life and GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.